Welcome to Let's Face the Facts, the rewatch podcast for the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Join us each week as we synopsize, analyze, criticize, and ultimately idolize the show. And now, here's your host of Let's Face the Facts, the wonderful David Almeida! Thank you, Matthew Arder. Welcome back. Another show, another week. Thank you for downloading and pressing play. I'm on the horn already with Matthew. We are ready to go with this special, uh, I believe the term is uh, betwixt episode is the term that Matthew has declared we now must use or he will hurt me. Hi, Matthew. Hi, David. (laughs) How are you today? It's very early. It's two o'clock in the afternoon, dear. That's very early. Oh, okay. Sorry. Won't go any further diving or delving into that. Uh, So we asked, um, we answered questions last week that were sent in by the Tutti Fruities, our beloved Patreon supporters. And uh, I wanted to do some more uh, getting to know us. I feel like we haven't really revealed ourselves enough to our listeners, Matthew. We talk so little about us. Yeah, I talk so little, really. I'm I'm just that I'm that quiet cipher, you know, that makes extroverts uncomfortable because he keeps it close to the vest, as they say. So uh, I thought it would be a a good thing to try to reveal ourselves, as it were, expose ourselves. I've been waiting for this Um, verbally. Oh, okay. And I thought a great way to do it that ties in with the facts of life is uh, Mindy Cohn has her podcast Mondays with Mindy. And as a springboard to start her conversations with the creatives that she talks with, she has 20 questions that she keeps in like a, a cookie jar and she just pulls them out at random. She'll pull out up to five questions uh, in an episode. So I have taken and transcribed these questions Uh, having listened to several of the episodes. And uh, so I have a list. I've only been able to collect 18 of the 20. We're going to do all 18? No. Oh, thank God. Okay. (laughs) I thought that um, Mindy has five. I thought maybe we'd uh, do three a piece. Call out three numbers. Pick a number. Pick a number between one and 18 for yourself. And then I'll let you do it for me as well. So we'll kind of go back, but we both need to answer all the questions. So ideally we're both going to answer six questions and uh, hopefully hilarity will ensue. (laughs) Pick a number between one and 18, Matthew. Um, 10. 10. If you could have dinner with any three people living or dead, whom would you pick and why? Oh God. God, I hate this question because I don't know how to answer it. Oh, I would. Jesus. (laughs) Would you really? No, no, no. That would be the last. That would be one of the last people. He'd he'd Um, be such a Pollyanna, wouldn't he? He'd be all we should love and be happy and hold hands and hug a tree. It's just like, ugh. go back to friggin Burning Man. Jesus, God, get with the real world. I just wouldn't have anything to talk to him about. Okay. 
Um, I hate this question because the anxiety brain in me is like, well, any person living or dead, do you mean the person today as their corpse may have rotted over a hundred years? Or do you mean someone, the state they were in when they died? Or do you mean, you know, them in their heyday? Do you mean that's for every question, my brain makes 40 questions, but um, I'll still let you answer as I see Judy Garland behind you. Look at that. Wanting attention now that we've started recording, go figure. I would have dinner with Ethel Merman. Um, I mean, Carol Channing would be in there, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, Carol Channing. And oh God, just for laughs, like I want to say like Shelly Winters or somebody. Oh, you know, she wouldn't shut up. Yes. Um, like later years, Shelly Winters, when she had, when she was out of fucks to give. <laughs> um, and she would just go on TV shows and be like, well, you know, Ann Miller was a cunt. And they'd be like, oh, we're sorry. We're sorry that she just said cunt on Good Morning America. Um, <laughs> I fucked all my leading men. Yeah. <laughs> I fucked Marlon Brando. Smallest dick I ever saw Marlon Brando. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're right that would be that'd be great um i don't know there's so many that i would like to sit down and just hear them talk like mitzi Gaynor's still alive oh that yeah. bitch has stories um Fuck yeah oh i don't know frank sinatra i might like to have dinner with him mm-hmm. just to see like how close to the mob he actually was yeah because that's a question you'd bring up over dinner. So the mob stuff, Frank. <laughs> Did people really get killed for asking you inappropriate questions at dinner? <laughs> Did that happen? <laughs> I hear you got JFK elected. What's that about? <laughs> um, I'd probably like to sit down with Jerry Herman just because I love every single piece of music he's written. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good one. I, of course, think of Stephen Sondheim, like that to me is kind of one of the creative gods out there. But um, you hear varying stories that Sondheim can be a little prickly. You're like, he, he might not be the best dinner companion, depending upon the company that you're keeping. So uh, there's that. I think Dolly Parton would just be a ray of sunshine and a breath of fresh air. Mm. I, I, and I'm not that huge a Dolly fan per se, but I just think personality wise and admiring her film work, I'm like, I think Dolly would just be a great person to have at dinner. Her film work? I'm from Massachusetts. We didn't listen to country music in Massachusetts. So first time I ever laid eyes on Dolly Parton was nine to five. Well, yeah, which she was playing herself for God's sake. Let's, I mean, let's not kid ourselves that she's some great actress for God's sake. Um, are you disparaging the movie Straight Talk? Yes. Co-starring the wonderful James Woods, who also is supposed to be a breath of fresh air. That fucking asshole. <laughs> um, yeah, that poor put upon white man, mm-hmm. James Woods. Um, no, Dolly is one of those, but it's just just play just just be Dolly Parton. Just that's all we need from you. Yeah. I don't need you to act. I don't. That's why she always casts herself in every movie she casts herself in. She's an angel. 
Okay. That Christmas movie, the Christmas Angel movie, where she starts out as the bag lady in full drag beat, full face makeup, but with like a tattered shawl over. And at the end, she is fucking angel wings, rays of light floating over the damn altar of a church. I mean, it was it was all of the everything's in how wrong and how simultaneously right it was. You know, Tim Goodwin was on her show, um, Evans to Betsy. Was he? Yes. Oh, I knew was, another local actor who was in that, David Golden. He was the mailman and he was, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago where he was like, we were told it was going to go to series and this was, this was it. And then he's like, and then all of a sudden it was like, nope, it's not. So, well, like the Bette Midler show, it's like, oh my God, we have Bette Midler. What we don't even need to write anything good for her. It's Bette, yeah. and it's like, yeah. The the thing is, series make stars. Stars don't necessarily make series. Yeah, you know there are exceptions. I realize, but um, well, you've listed off several people. Any any final ones? Uh, more than three. I've already gone over three, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would I would probably <clears throat> find a way to get out of going to dinner that night anyway. So. <laughs> Cuz you don't go out really. Who mm-hmm. does? Uh Cher would have to be on my list. Cher and Dolly together. Uh I was who was I talking about that what would be a great show to do like a like the Cher show Broadway show that they do where it you know takes her life and makes a jukebox musical out of it. Someone somewhere like two drag queens or something should do a, a share dolly simultaneous show because you think of it there are a lot of parallels in their career they were born the same year they both started very young and you know then their paths diverged but they ended up on you know variety shows on television and then you know diva status and all that. I always thought that'd be interesting. So yeah, I'd get Cher and Dolly together and get them to sign away uh, their their life rights to me to write that show. Um, Stephen Sondheim would certainly be among that. And uh, oh, dear Lord, it's just like any person. All right. Uh, I want I want all the Chris's. I want Chris Pine. I want Chris Hemsworth. And I want Chris Pratt. Oh, with Chris Evans uh, in reserve. Actually, I'd put Chris Evans probably higher up than, oh God, I don't know. Don't make me choose. Don't make me choose from all, all four of the Chris's. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Zach Efron. I don't know if I could sit across from Zach Efron. I, I, I literally would not be able to. I, he's too beautiful. He's just too mm-hmm. perfect. Ugh. I, yeah. I would, he would put his fork down and I'd be like, I'm going to lick that fork. yeah like you i'm inclined to favor people that would have good stories it's not like i need to sit down with lana turner and be like what really happened did your daughter really kill your boyfriend or was it you were you covering up or but yeah i'm I'm, i would probably be inclined to favor either theater people who had a lot of stories to tell or pretty people that would just let me sit there and drool over them Ryan Reynolds is probably a super fun dinner date. I imagine because he's just so naturally fun and funny. Okay, have we given enough I love, celebrities? I love how neither of us said Mindy Cohen, Lisa Welchel. Oh, well, or, that goes Nancy without Mc... saying, for fuck's sake. 
I would say Nancy McKeon, but something would happen. Some awful tragedy would befall her that she wouldn't be able to be uh, be there. I would I'd, I'd hesitate to do it anyway. Okay, so uh, that was uh, your first question. Would you please pick a number between one and eighteen again? Is it not your turn to pick a number? But you pick the number so that the question is random. I've got the questions here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, seven. Seven. What's your favorite place in the world? And oh, why? my bad. My bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one at one time, Mindy did, the, the question was, what's your favorite place in the world to travel to? Mm. So, um, oof. Uh, that is tough. I have not traveled a lot, but when I've traveled, it's been cool. I'm going to take the question and morph it to where is the favorite place you've traveled? Um, I'm sorry. In New Zealand, going to Hobbiton in, I believe it's Mata Mata is the name of the town it's actually in. It's the big farm where they filmed uh, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And it, it is as beautiful. It, it, it's far exceeds how beautiful you perceive it to be. When you see it in the movie, it is that gorgeous. And then some, when you experience it, New Zealand, it's just breathtaking. So hmm. that's what I'm going to say. All right. And is any, any travel favorites other than your bed? I do not travel. I do not like to travel. I don't think it's fun. I don't mm -hmm. think it's, I, I'm sure it enriches your life. I'm sure of it, but I just, I can't get past being crammed on a fucking greyhound in the air for more than two hours to get somewhere. And I just, I, ugh, I know. Flying was fun when we were young. What happened? Good God. Yeah. Withstanding an, a flight in an airport and just, oof. maybe people who travel a lot just get used to it. But uh, as people who don't do it that often, when I do do it, it's like, this is terrible. Why do people actively seek to do this? I have to do it once a month to go to Detroit and it, it's just, mm. just the worst part of my life is anyway. But so, yeah, my bed, I'm a cancer. So my nest is very important. And I find that when my nest is messed up or disorganized or whatever, I'm, I'm a wreck. So mm -hmm. like <clears throat> I need to get that taken care of. Like the fact that I have a cat and my, apartment is covered in straws from big gulps because that's what she likes to play with and she likes um and none of that wawa shit it's gotta be a big gulp from 7-eleven damn it yeah and like she likes wrapping paper like the the paper that they put into boxes to like fill like she likes that yeah so i've got like just like tissue paper everywhere laying around that she likes to lay i so yeah mm. <laughs> but i love my bed it's the most expensive thing in my house and it's like laying on a cloud oh good i'm glad you like that yeah so next number let's go next question um because zach efron was in that movie 17 again mm -hmm. let's do 17 okay i think i already know the answer to this one who is your favorite relative and why Mm. that's that's tough isn't it though isn't it i mean uh, 
honest and truly, it's, I think I'd have to say, I mean, it's one of those, like, could it just be a parent? Could it be your mom or your dad? I mean, my parents were, were of course, very near and dear and special to me, but trying to think of it kind of expansively, like, was there a relative that was funky or different or whatever? Um, I would say probably my Aunt Madge, as we used to call her in New England. Aunt Madge, she was my mother's brother's wife. So, uh, so her husband and my mother siblings. And Aunt Madge had five kids and she was on the Irish side. My mother was Irish. So uh, she was, I think maybe French and English or whatever, but it was, she definitely raised an Irish family of five Irish kids. And they were the fun side of the family. And I kind of attribute that to her uh, because she was just fun and funny. And I always loved when we visited my mom's side of the family because that was the fun family trips. My dad's side, they were basically a generation older. They were the children of immigrants. They were uh, depression babies. They were just, they would just sit around and kind of stare at each other. And I'm not saying there weren't any laughs, but there was a, a much lower joy factor when you were hanging out with my dad's family. Hmm. So I'll say Aunt Madge, uh, dearly departed. We lost her. Um, uh, it must have been 2011 or 12, because I was at Idol when I got that phone call working hmm. uh, at American Idol Experience. Hmm. How about you? Well, I mean, obviously, my parents are my favorite relatives. They're the only ones that are alive still. What about so, your, your foul mouth grandma that was? Uh... Well, yeah, but she's been gone for so long. Like, you know, I mean, it's easy to say that they make so few mistakes <laughs> when they're dead. But and, and my uncle, who introduced me to so many things, like I, I would like to say him, too. But I mean, to this day, when something happens to me, the first person I have to call is my mother. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like my it, grandma, she's the one who bought me my truly tasteless joke book when I was six. Yeah. And then taught me how to say, taught me how to deliver the lines. I remember one joke her teaching me how to deliver was um, <clears throat> Sammy Davis Jr. was getting on the bus and the bartender said, hey, Sammy Davis Jr., get in the back of the bus. And Sammy Davis said, but I'm Jewish. And the bus driver said, well, in that case, get off. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I remember my grandmother telling me how to say that punchline. She coached you. On yeah. <laughs> oh, the truly tasteless jokes books. There's a thing from the 80s that Ooh. I wonder if they sold those at over our heads. <laughs> yeah the chapter with gay jokes also contained the aids jokes thank yeah. you needed another ding to my self-esteem and another little straw on that beautiful pile of self-hatred well i love that those that's so funny you said it because they were separated into chapters they were like black jokes hispanic mm -hmm. jokes handicapped and, yeah it was they were awful they were Ooh. so bad and fucking hilarious one of them, uh, they did a truly tasteless etiquette 
So it was like a, like a Dear Abby spoof, but under the same, you know, Blanche Knott, K-N-O-T-T, clearly a pen name for a, a group of comedic writers. But the, the two that stick out to me is uh, Dear Blanche, um, my wife is always on a diet and she's concerned that oral sex might be fattening. Is it? And Blanche Knott responds, Dear Whoever. Oral sex is only fattening if your cock is smeared with peanut butter, which of course it should be at all times. And the other one I love is, dear Blanche, what should I say when I'm at a party and I accidentally spill red wine on my host's white carpet? And the response is, oh shit. (laughs) I think that shit is funny. Okay, well, there's that. And just the last thing to say is my sister right now, my sister is one of my best friends, Mm. really and truly. So, you know, in terms of favorites, my sister is a super important part of my life right now. And uh, at the same time, I also have a, a cousin, actually, she's the daughter of a cousin. And she's married, has a little kid who's about, I think he's eight years old. And they are the coolest parents. They're up in Brockton. They're still up in my hometown. They cosplay. They go to the cons with the kid. They are raising him with like gay people are okay. Like they're totally allies. They, they've taken him to pride parades and stuff. They are, they are I got to stop talking about her. I'm going to start crying. They're doing right by that kid. And that touches my heart so, so deeply. So there. Okay. It's like a Barbara Walters interview. Don't get through it without the tears. Name another number, Matthew. Number um, 13. 13. Lucky number 13. Do you have a hidden talent or something that you do that would surprise people? (laughs) That you can share in mixed company. Yeah, see, that's that takes a lot of them out. <laughs> well, while you're thinking, I know I can answer this for yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I am, for how artistical and how not masculine, not not like a guy, uh, I am uh, handier and more mechanically inclined than people would expect. I do a lot of little fix-up jobs around the house. Uh, if something breaks, I'm inclined to take it apart to see if I can fix it as opposed to just saying, well, this is gone. Um, hmm. When I was a young child, I used to take apart my mother's vacuum cleaner. It had big bolts on it. And I was, I was barely talking. I was like a year and a half. My, I would take it apart. And my mother, who was not mechanically inclined, couldn't put it back together. She's yelling at a toddler going, put the damn vacuum back together. I need to clean the house. Mm. So uh, I used to love when she'd tell that story. I don't know that I have any, I don't, what's the point of having a hidden talent, I guess. Or just a talent that the, the listeners here would maybe not have been exposed to. I'm pretty open about what I can and can't do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. Well, if you think of something before we stop, then chime in and let me know. All right. Are we through? Is that, was that four questions or five? I can't keep track. I think that was four. So let's do number five. 
Give me a number, please, between one um, and 18. Number one, question number one. Oh, I love this question. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to answer it, but I love it. What is your best habit? What is your worst habit? Hmm. And again, anxiety brain kicks in with, what do you mean by habit? Habit as in something physically I do every single day or habit as in some sort of a life thing. I mean, yeah. is, is it making my bed or is it, you know, feeling a sense of peace and at one with the universe? And ugh, it's like, turn off my goddamn brain. Hmm. My best habit is responding to, um, is keeping in touch with people, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, I am one of those people that will like randomly text somebody and just to find out how they're doing. Um, I've tried to do that. I've been better about that since the pandemic. And it was my sister, let's mention my sister again. She's the one that said, you know, you can just text people, hey, was thinking about you, hope everything is okay type of a thing, you know, hope is all is well with you and the family kind of a thing. You can just make it a closed statement. And if they choose to respond, great, but you're not putting the uh, burden on them like, oh, well, fuck, now I got to give David a life update when I'm too busy to even live my life or whatever. Um, and knowing how busy all of us actors are trying to keep up with people, um, it's, it's hard. It is so difficult. I guess one of my habits is making time for my friends, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. I will try to do that. But again, if it means going out, I'm like, mm, nah, we're good. <laughs> I mean, I know my worst habit is smoking and I just, I'm so, the hatred I have for myself for that is just, You've cut back on that though recently, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, but still, every time I have one, I'm like disgusting. Why oh. you're just and you're gonna die? Why are you doing this? You're just it's disgusting thing. This is one of the many reasons you're fat and can barely climb stairs. And uh, so yeah, it's. I would take that. Not that we are being asked to answer these questions for each other, but I would say your worst habit is you are so tough on yourself. You need, to, you need to be a lot more lenient. <laughs> but there's nothing to me. Okay. They, I, I hear you. No, I would well, rather be hard on myself and be the first one to make the joke than have people being like, oh, Matthew Arter thinks he is just fucking uh, amazing. And he's not. Mm. Gilda Radner talked about doing that because she was a heavy child. So she always talked about making the fat jokes first and doing it, the, the self-deprecating humor, which is very easy and fun to do because you can be as vicious as you want to be and not hurt someone else's feelings. But I think it's the, the, the person who said, it's really more self-defecating humor. You're really just shitting on yourself. And after a while, you got to be careful because you're what your ears hear, the same way you have to make affirmations out loud, just thinking them in your head is not enough. You say them out loud so that your ears can hear your voice saying them uh, for them to take better. Um, I believe that that also can work in the negative that people like us who pride ourselves on our senses of humor, um, cutting down our own selves. We, we gotta be careful we don't do too much because otherwise we're gonna start believing our own self-promotion. <laughs> um, interesting 
what is my best habit? What is my worst habit? I could answer it with one thing is uh, perspective. I think I'm good at stepping back from a situation always and thinking, okay, is there something here I'm not seeing? Is there a bigger picture that's bigger than just me and what I want? Um, but that's also my worst habit because that's anxiety brain stuff. That's just overthinking. Uh, oh God, did, did what I say, was that offensive to people? Is that, you know, oh, it's one thing to be thoughtful and mindful, but there is a, a tipping point where it, it also can uh, hurt. And, and the other worst habit I've got is I, um, and I think you will be able to identify with maybe is I attach far too much of my self-worth based on my appearance and based upon five or 10 pounds that I'm carrying. Mm. And then I lose 10 pounds and then I find something else to be unhappy with about myself physically. And that spills over into, and that's why I'm, you know, not able to attract a mate. That's why I, you know, I got to get busy and do all this stuff and this exercise stuff and fuck what's wrong with me that I can't just go to the gym every day. And then all of that, uh, overthinky, um, uh, critical self-talk starts and, and ugh, it's a terrible habit. I, <laughs> I need to go back to therapy. Let's just say that. We are ready now, Matthew, for question number six. And this, uh, this is going to be our last one. Just going to do three and three. That way we still have some leftover for maybe a future um, what, a betwixt show that we might do down the road. So uh, last one, pick a number one through 18. Lay it on me. Since it's the sixth one, question number six. Oh, when was the last time you cried? <laughs> well, what time is it? <laughs> well uh let me see let's check the clock how long ago i was talking about my my cousin uh raising her kids so beautifully um last time i like but before this last time i i cried uh i oh have you watched the most beautiful train wreck ever on netflix the uh, Princess Di musical, Diana. No. Please do, Matthew. It is 80s fucking tastic. Uh, Long, William Ivy Long did the costumes and the costumes are amazing. A lot of them are ones where you're like, yep, that's what she wore. I remember that and things, but oh, it is, it is so campy and people have loved to hate watch it. I love it because it is so crazy. But there is the scene where Diana, kind of at the height of her self-promotion time, goes to an AIDS clinic and meets some of the, the gay men there. And wanting the publicity, she says, well, why don't we take a photograph? And in a song, the gay men say, we can't. And one of them's like, my family doesn't know. And one of them is like, I could get kicked out of my flat. And it... Oh my God. And, and they're all dressed like 1980s. They, they look like the men that we saw and watched go through the AIDS crisis. And uh, it was just a reminder of how far we've come and the time we grew up in, growing up in the 80s and understanding that you are different, the amount of stigma and shame 
that was attached to being gay in the 80s. And that all came flooding back to me. And I did not expect this bizarre musical to take me to such an emotional place, but it was like, oof. And, and that shit, you never shake off. You, you never just... shake it off. And I don't think people can comprehend what that does to how we relate to sex almost. It was like, not only did you feel like what you were feeling was super wrong and super terrible, but then to be put on top of it. Oh, and by the way, if you do act on your feelings, you can die from it. So that that'll mess with your head <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> uh, oh, Hannah mm-hmm. Gadsby had a great quote. She's the lesbian Australian uh, stand up comic. She has two great specials on Netflix. I tried to watch one of them, but it just ended up her yelling at me for an hour. To the point where I was like, okay, sorry. That, that, like, it was like an hour of her having therapy. And I was like, okay, this is, it's getting a little dark. Like, yeah, it, 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 it does, but I, oh, I loved it. <laughs> um, in one of her, the first one, I think it was called uh, Nanette uh, special. She says something to the effect of, when a child's brain grows up bathed in shame, it cannot make the synaptic connections that grow into self-worth or something to that effect. I don't know if it was an actual science-based statistical quote or if it was just an idea of, of hers, but I, I so wholeheartedly agree as far as, um, yeah, that <laughs> it's still there. and you know, to be watching this musical and suddenly find myself, uh, you know, kind of reduced to my teenage self, trying to figure out who I am and trying to figure out how not to hate myself and expect that the world will hate me in the process. It's, oof. Kids today have it awfully easy. I mean, it's still not easy, but they have it so much easier, I should say. And on the one hand, it's like, do they understand what the generations before them went through? But it's kind of like, didn't we go through it because we didn't want them to have to? Yes, that doesn't mean that they should not acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And send us a check every month, maybe, as, you know, little reparation for our troubles. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, Millennials, I know you have so much disposable income. Gen Z's. (laughs) empty those piggy banks uh okay well that is six questions did you wait a minute did you say when did you cry last you didn't answer the question when did you last cry i am 99 percent of the time on the verge of tears so it is i i live at that point of my life somebody does something nice for me at Publix, and i burst into tears so Mm -hmm. i i so you're God, a crier. I, I follow, like, I don't watch shows that I know are going to be upsetting. I can't. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen Coco yet, for God's sake. Oh. That was released around the time Stacy left. And I remember, I think it was Jody or Rolando walked into the Citizens trailer one time at, shortly after and said, just so everybody knows, we are not ready to watch Coco. Like, <laughs> and 
I, so I still haven't seen it yet. I don't, I look, I have on Instagram, I follow like these good news movement accounts and it's like, they'll show a video of like a dog sitting outside his owner's hospital room. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. I'm a mess or that's fucking tweet storm that that has been reposted so many times where this guy goes up to his room and finds a cat who has given birth to kittens. And it's like, these are my cats now. And like, have you read that whole that whole t- oh god it's just i'm a burst into tears by the end of it so mm. i'm 99 percent of the time on the verge of tears so like oh. i'm not emotionally stable <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we love about you mm-hmm. <laughs> well this has been six questions with david and matthew by way of Mindy Cohn. Listen to her podcast, Mondays with Mindy. No, we are not paid to endorse it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Hope this was entertaining as I'm still kind of trying to carve out a little bit of downtime, a little bit of uh, time to take a breather in between seasons because I can. Anyway, until next time, Matthew. We'll talk really soon, okay? Mm-hmm. Give me a pity call every once in a while. <laughs> Stop. See also bad habits. <laughs> so until next week, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, do you want do you want to say it again like you did last week? The facts of life are all about you. Good. Yes. Yep. Yep. There it is. Nail that. Nail that. <laughs> Look at how good and amazing I am at saying that line. Are you? <laughs> Let's Face the Facts was created, produced, written, hosted, and edited by the wonderful David Almeida. Our theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Please visit facethefactspod.com for supplemental photos and videos, links to social media, and ways that you can support the show. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. This is Matthew Arder saying tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs> <laughs>